The thing with beginnings is that once you've started, sometimes it becomes clear that you're already in the middle. You've started a million and a half times already. You're actually drawing conclusions that you must be in the proximity of some or other ending. Were there any sort of huge influences on how you approached the method? Either within design writers or just outside in literature, audio, that sort of thing? Um, I have to say, I, I find it so interesting that you call them zines I'm, and not zines. <laughs> Is this like a, well, maybe so, it's a okay, divide so. of, of like who did it when? <laughs> well, so I, like, my world was not, I did not learn of these things until sort of after the fact. Mm -hmm. So things like the pronunciations were not part mm -hmm. of my cultural upbringing. It doesn't <laughs> look like zine. It looks like zine. Sure. <laughs> so so this is partly also like, you know, in, in a selfish way, this is me learning through you about a particular version of this mm -hmm. development in the late 90s and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, think of, I mean, it was zine because they were like kind of like magazines. That That's, yeah. I think, so, I mean, that's how I always thought of it. You know, there's a way in which your personal experience has a broader public point. You know, that's why people, that, that's why there can be sites where people digitize these mixtapes and share them. And even if I don't know either party, the party who made it or the party who it was made for, I can still relate to the emotions. And I feel that that carries over to the idea of a zine. You know, a zine could have one, it could have an audience of one. It can have an audience of many more than one. But the, the sweet spot, I think, is the idea where it feels a little bit exclusive, a little bit underground, a little bit like not everybody knows about this thing, and that's what makes it kind of fun. I mean, I always have done this, well, to state the obvious, not by myself because it's completely about other people, but I've never collaborated with someone in making it beyond the signs, you know? So it was funny because I was thinking, you know, I had decided not to go into audio with it at all, like firmly, not interested in that for this. I wanted something outside of that part of my life through this, but that I was actually really intrigued by the idea of someone else doing it. So it was, it was, it was really interesting when you reached out um, and with this idea of could you, you know, could you sonify some of these ideas and some of the signs that come back beyond just reading them and, you know, what's a sonic interpretation of the, the message people are sending, messages people are sending. Now it's time for an introduction. And for now, we'll just get started. Um, I want to just quickly introduce you to Julie Shapiro, who is the executive producer of Radiotopia. This is her thing. She's the best. Welcome. Thanks. Samples from Amadon. Princess Bonatrack. Don't let the fascists tell you what to do. Anodyne had a lot, it had like, was a... Is it hot? Or what? There's this great quote from Virginia Woolf, and she says, partially in writing a letter to someone, you're, you're trying to give back a reflection of them. I mean, that's just kind of a paraphrase, but in writing a letter, you want to give a reflection back, to, you know, to that person of who they are. I mean, I think that's, a, that's an amazing thing. The centerfold was always like a woman hero, 
One was like Harriet the Spy in the cover of that book. One was Connie Francis, because I kept finding Connie Francis records at the thrift store. One was like this amazing postcard. It was like a chainsaw advertisement and had this like 50s woman sitting on a like a bright red chainsaw with like a beautiful display of colorful chainsaws behind her. Sort of menacing, but except it was actually just an advertisement. Strong, strong woman yielding, wielding a, a chainsaw. But yeah, so I think I'm just trying to remember like as the riot girl stuff came and my sense of feminism was growing as well and you know how that was expressed through a more cultural lens and a sort of fun and sometimes ironic lens as well people are drawn to com- to like a community vibe and then feel more welcome and then become part and then pull others in when nothing is done nothing is left undone Last night I dreamed of in hell, now I'm having trouble making a list of things to blow up. I didn't realize it was hell until I got out of bed. Julie with the 60s glasses wanted to hear about it. Instead I gave her another piece of metal I found inside a dumpster in an alley. It's a good story about it. Uh, How did you first become aware of Julie's zine? I didn't know that she had done the zine in the past, and so I, um, I, you know, it doesn't surprise me that she has, but... Yeah, I, I didn't know, and I thought, gosh, how does she find the time to do it? Really only vaguely. I think it was described in the social media post as a, a redux of the zine. You know, so I kind of worked my way back, and, I, and then I, I found out more about what she was doing before and making those connections. She sent me a letter, uh, I guess sometime a year ago maybe, and in it was one of these little cards with the little kids on it holding up their blank card, and I was like, okay, and she just said, will you fill this in? I've got a collection of them that I keep online. Probably, I think she had a pinned p- pin tweet on Twitter that said something, I'm resurrecting my zine. And I didn't know about the original zine, but it sounded like something that Julie would do. I encountered her zine at an event at Kickstarter last October. I saw the zine before I knew who Julie was. She had already distributed several copies They were kind of strewn about the space, like amongst the snacks. Actually, the origin story. So I came upon this image of these two kids holding up a sign in like a 1950s health book. And so I I whited out what was in their sign and it was like tips for good health. Um, And I just, it was blank. And I thought like, well, here's a blank canvas to just invite people to, you know, speak up about what they're thinking about. So it was very, like, of the time of the DIY, of the, like, give people a voice, Um, you know, kind of, I think of it a little bit as, like, pre-status updates, you know, it was kind of the the analog version of just speaking your mind and sharing it with the public. You want to make it as organic as possible. It's not like you're taking a brand new pair of jeans and deciding to, you know, drive over it a hundred times in your driveway so they look distressed. (laughs) You actually want that, you actually want it to be distressed. I think that there is a kind of sincerity even in the construction when you're putting these things together. So I was actually, I was in college in Colorado, in Boulder, and I actually got, started getting into mail art, like postal mail art, M-A-I-L. And this was right also around the time I was working in a record store and I was really getting into the um, kind of Riot girl music movement. The more girls up front, the better. And if anybody is fucking with you at this show, a lot of DIY energy around 
and I started morphing my kind of mail art, which was basically just make stuff and send it out to people who would make stuff and send it back. Join us, we're donating our bodies to automobile crash tests. Stop the slogan. Extra-dramatic. You know, that feel real. You know, that the flaws are what make them human. I think there's something about listening to some podcasts, you know, and some looking at some zines, any kind of homemade media that people realize that there is a person behind this and their trace is part of what's happening. And that's kind of what makes it appealing. I, I don't have to necessarily look at a zine and go, oh, you know, whose is this? Or, or be able to tell, you know, oh, that looks like a so-and-so. But what I, what I can get out of is the idea that some human person or group of people made this and uh, they took the time to, to put this all together and... And it feels to me a lot more satisfying than a glossy magazine that, that maybe, you know, has recycled the same stories over and over again, or it's just chasing what's happening right now. There was a really thriving underground of mail art, uh, international actually. So there were probably five or six dozen people who I would occasionally trade mail art with. But then because it was happening at a time where a lot of young girls were kind of speaking up and supporting each other. That became something I wanted to do more of an edit, having more of an editorial kind of narrative input on, I think. Although I might not have, I probably, I'm sure I wasn't thinking of it in those terms, so I'm putting that back on it now. I also was really into like a lot of kitsch and I was a thrifter and I collected things and that kind of old school clip art. Kind hand. For everything you clean, there's no kerosene. And I'm one. Failure to read may result in injuries or death. Anodyne came to English via Latin from Greek, and it has been used as both an adjective and a noun since the 16th century. It has sometimes been used of things that dull or lull the senses and render painful experience less so. Now, in addition to describing things that dull pain, anodyne can also refer to that which doesn't cause discomfort in the first place. So that was that's how it started. And I called it anodyne because I loved what that meant. It wasn't a word that was on a record album cover yet, or um, it also became the name of a publication in the Northwest. But I think Wilco put out a record called anodyne. But before that, I decided to call the zine anodyne. And then I had copped this little warning that um, from a, an instruction manual. So the, the cover was just like the sign with the kids, and it would say anodyne, and then the bottom would say failure, failure to read may result in injury or death. So um, that was like the basic template for it. And then, so there was some similarity from episode, from issue, I call them episodes, from issue to issue. <laughs> and then, yeah, inside was kind of anybody's guess. I think I first became aware of Julie's zine when we were doing this fantastic uh, project in New Zealand. We were road tripping across New Zealand and looking for tiny libraries, libraries that were the size of your bathroom or your closet or potentially your living room. And um, we were rolling over the hills of this kind of incredible New Zealand landscape and Julie was kind of just telling me about her past and she told me about a zine um, that she used to run. She used to distribute when she worked in a record shop, when she was living that indie life. Um, and that was the first I heard of it. Dress, I mean, one problem with doing a zine in, uh, in that time of my life is I moved around so much, so I was constantly getting 
contributions mailed forwarded to me, like sometimes two addresses behind, etc., or having friends pick up mail. And, you know, a lot of a lot of my memory of putting that thing together actually happened in the fluorescent-lit kinkos in the middle of the night. I think that's where I actually did a lot of the work. So the mail would come to my house or come to a P.O. box, but I would actually take it all into kinkos. Because I had, I think I said earlier, I had friends working there, um, or would make friends with people there and then just set up camp and spread out and, you know, commandeer the counters and just <laughs> go to town for several hours. How you act in public is important because people will form an opinion as to the kind of person you are by observing your manners. What was I saying? So, yeah, I think it was this blend of having already being in the habit of going to the post office a lot, making things, being delighted by things coming back. And then the zines, zines were just coming up, and so I felt like I was plugged into that scene already, and it was a, a very logical, natural thing to do. Operation. Sharing, a folktale by Jeff Grimes. A young couple are holding hands on a walk which follows a dry creek bed. Under a large cottonwood tree, they find the dead bodies of a man and woman. The bodies lie lazily next to a clump of tree roots. There are knife cuts on their clothes and skin. Leaves stick to the dead woman's throat. After a long day of talking with police, reporters, friends, and family, the young couple go to the man's apartment. He convinces the woman he had been holding hands with to perform oral sex on him. He thinks these words perform oral sex on me, although he doesn't say them and uses his hands and body movements to do the persuading. The woman's name is Lilia. She shares a distaste for eating with her mother. As a result, their bodies look very much alike. For instance, there is no difference between the size of the mother's lower arm and her upper one. The same is true for her daughter. Now Lilia has a man's penis in her mouth. She thinks she hears a tea kettle whistling in the distance. The man's name is Jerry. Without opening his eyes, he looks outside the room. In the dark, there are two children, a boy and a girl. They are holding a sign and smiling. This abstraction, called Capperland Number 1, is not a painting and it's not on canvas. It's printed on Capperland nylon and can be worn. Yeah, so giving a platform to other people. And I was really interested in the contrast, like how people would approach this idea of here's a very small, like a parameters, right? Like it's just a couple inches by a couple inches and what can you do in that space? So I would leave them for people to find and mail back to me and then they would get a copy of the zine. I would give them to peop other zine makers and we would trade zines. I would give them to um, like musicians coming through town at the record store. So for me, it was kind of a way to just connect with interesting people. Um, and a place for me to pour out some of my own angsty thoughts at that time. Um, a lot of the, so originally the zine had a lot more writing and a lot more overwriting. Oh my gosh, I've been reading through some old issues and it's the editor, the, the, the now me, you know, couple of decades working in editing other people's writing just is so kind of charmed and horrified by some of that stuff. But, um, but you know, I, I had feelings. I had a lot of feelings back then, I guess. And there was, you know, an element of humor. There were book reviews. There were, there was record reviews. I did things like interview toll booth operators about what they loved about their jobs and gas station attendants in, Port in Portland, where I was then moved and lived. Uh, most of the gas stations had, were run by attendants. So 
Oh, I had this, like, I thought it was brilliant. Like, I'd ask every gas station attendant, what's your favorite kind of sandwich? And I'm, and then and a friend made, like, a comic of it. I mean, you know, it was, like, pretty random, quirky, you know, non-essential, all wrapped up. And then surround, and those, that would all surround all the signs that people would send me back. And I'd say I probably left it for, like, six months or whatever. I left it for a long time. And then she kind of reminded me somehow... Uh, usually analog, like we don't have, I don't have that many mails or texts or anything with her, but she reminded me going, uh, if you could just get me that, you know, thing, I really need to post it. So I was like, okay, so I kind of wrote something that was on my mind right then and I sent it off and uh, I, I knew nothing more about it and I don't know, somehow I do remember her telling me it was online and I must have looked at it online. I, but I, it's all a blur, so I'm not quite sure. So I don't really know much about the, um, Julie's Tumblr at all, except for the fact that you're now ringing me about it. So, if you'd like to play the kids with sign game, or already have and would like to play again, or know someone who you think might like to play, or need some advice, or want to Conti Francis tape, or just feel like ranting about the general chaos that seems imminent, or perhaps you'd like to rave about it, please send your comments along with a brief statement to Anodyne. <laughs>